Thank you, Kay and Sharon, on that beautiful fall medley. I'd like to welcome you to First Church today on this beautiful fall Ohio morning. The Rose on the Altar is in honor of John and Norma Scherer, who are celebrating 62 years of marriage today. Congratulations. Congratulations are also in order to Dan and Carissa Allen on their birth of their daughter, Harper, who arrived Monday, November 20th. Congratulations to the grandparents, Terry and Linda Allen. Shannon Rediger is home from her 11-month 11 11-month 11 mission trip. Next Sunday, she will give us a presentation about her experiences in the ministry center at 2 p.m. We encourage everyone to come. <clears throat> Thank you to, to everyone who brought in the shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. It was very successful. 88 boxes were delivered to the distribution center last Saturday, so thank you. Today, immediately following the worship, we're in need of help decorating the church for Christmas. It goes pretty fast. We usually have a lot of volunteers. It usually takes about a good 45 minutes. So if you can stay and help, it would be greatly appreciated. This Saturday, December 2nd, we will have another First Church Day of Prayer. Sign-up boards at the entrances. Please take a moment to sign up and pray here at First Church. And at this time, I'd like to invite Beth Butcher up to talk a little bit more about that. And on one sad note this morning, Lola Shop passed away on Saturday morning. Viewing will be from Thursday, 4 to 7, in the Heritage Room, and the funeral will be on Friday at 10.30 a.m. Good morning. Uh, I would like to invite you to a 24-hour day of prayer at First Church. It will be this Saturday, December 2nd, starting at 9 a.m., ending at 9 a.m., uh, Sunday morning, leading us into the worship service. I was talking with God that we haven't had a, um, a day of prayer here in the church for a while. He led me to the theme of Jesus' presence is in us. Are we in his presence? When we choose to ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, he takes up residence in our hearts, the very center of our being. We also need to choose to live in his presence. Jesus always took time away from the people to pray to God. He needed to be in the presence of his heavenly father. Even though in essence Jesus was God, Jesus still needed that one-on-one time with him. I'm always amazed how God puts things together. It felt right that he set this day of prayer for the first weekend of Advent because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. What a perfect way to start the Christmas season, to be in his presence. Then Connie told me we will have the Lord's Supper next Sunday at the worship service. That was beautiful to me because it was another way to celebrate Jesus' presence. This event includes our church family of all ages, adults, teenagers, elementary age youngsters, families, friends. Everyone is welcome to come and pray. Bring the Jesus that is in you to First Church to multiply and magnify his presence in this place. There are sign-up boards in the t- with time slots at the entrances of the church to find a time you can come. Um, there will be prayer folders in the front pew. You can bring your Bible or paper if you feel um, led to journal. This is a time of being led by the Spirit. I know there's a lot going on next Saturday, a um, lot in this community. Um, but you may feel, and you may not sign up because there is so much going on, but you may feel the Holy Spirit draw you uh, to come and pray, even though you haven't signed up. 
Um, God promises you will be blessed if you choose to come and be in his presence. Thank you. Now I'd like to invite Tori up for a few youth announcements. Good morning. We've got a couple things going on. Uh, we are selling cookbooks still through now through probably mid-December. Um, so if you haven't gotten Christmas presents or you need a stocking stuffer, they make great presents. And they're useful. You know, it's, sometimes you get people presents and they can't actually use them. You can use a cookbook. Um, and they're really good cookbooks. Lots of fun recipes. So if you need a Christmas present for someone, think about getting them a cookbook. Also, um, on December 10th, we have our first mentor-mentee day. So if you are a mentor to one of our confirmation students, we're asking you to be there. Students, if you are in confirmation, we're asking you to be there as well. It'll go from 11 to 1. We'll provide lunch, um, but we wanted to give our mentors and our mentees just a time to connect to each other. Um, since our lives are always so busy, we want to make sure that they have intentional time to connect. So Put that on your calendars, mentors and mentees. Also, last one, our Christmas program is coming up in a couple weeks. You are all invited. Our teachers and our students in the Sunday school program have been working really hard on this year's program, and it is going to be a great program. So please come for that. There will be cookies in the Heritage Room um, before, and the program will start at 1030 on December 17th. Thank you. Please stand and join me for the preparation of worship. Oh, the depth of riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? Please join the praise praise team in singing 10,000 Reasons.
while the children come forward, please take the time. Did you all eat turkey? Yeah. Pretty cool. And we've had such nice weather, huh? Now I want you to listen very closely. I'm going to play something. What was that? Water. Huh? Water? It sounds like water. I thought so too. Is that people clapping? Did we clap this morning? Yeah, you forgot already? Did we clap to thank Kay and Sharon? Huh? Do you ever applaud God? Have you ever clapped for God? You have? We usually clap when people do something that we think is really great or wonderful, don't we? Yeah. But think about it. Have you ever clapped because God is great and wonderful? He's probably the greatest and most wonderful of all, isn't he? Giving glory to God is the kind of applauding. It's kind of like applauding God if we give him glory and praising him for who he is. God is full of everything that is holy, good, and lovely. So do we applaud him? Think about it. To glorify God means that we bring him honor through everything we say, what we do, and what we think. So he knows all of that, doesn't he? It means that we need to let others know about how good and wonderful he is. So if we make it known to others, it shows just how much we're thankful for God. We glorify God through our faith in believing in him and through our desire or our wanting to obey him. So do you think we ought to applaud God? Let's applaud God. huh? He's done a good job, hasn't he? But you know what? Sometimes we applaud and pray and praise our friends, don't we? Have your friends really done something neat? Or they've ever clapped for you and praised you? But you know what? Everything that you have comes from God. I think we're fine. Just a little technical difficulty on the front row. Oh, took a little tumble. Yeah, that's what happens when big sisters try to help little sisters. So sometimes somebody will praise us and get and clap for us, won't they? But the only reason they clap for us and the only reason we had good things to do or did good things and wonderful things is because God gave us those things to do. It all goes back to God. And you're going to hear Sam talk about in Psalm 115.1, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. So who deserves the praise and thankfulness? God does because he gives us all our talents And everything good about us. So we have to be careful to be humble before God because we're not better than God, are we? 
No, not at all. He is the most wonderful and the most loved. So be sure to thank God for all your blessings. I'm sure you did that this week with Thanksgiving. He's given you so much, and to him we give all the glory due his name. So we're going to talk about giving God all the glory. And David in Psalm 86:12 says, I give thanks to you, my Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. So as we go into the Advent season and every day after that, let's give God the glory that we will glorify his name forever. Amen. Thank you. Lost this week in the Philippine Sea, the crash of a C-2A aircraft, Navy Lieutenant Stephen Combs from Florida, aviation boatswain mate Airman Matthew Gialastri from Louisiana, aviation boatswain mate Airman Apprentice Brian Grasso from Florida. Also in a T-38 crash in Laughlin Air Force Base in Texas, Air Force Captain Paul J. Barber, 32, from Van Nuys, California. Thank you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we are so grateful uh, to gather here and to worship you this morning. Lord, coming off the end of of our Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Lord, such a great time to, to pause and to thank you for the many blessings and the many Many ways, Lord, that you've been active and working in our lives. Uh, Lord, it's so easy to, to overlook or to forget to come back and to thank you for the answer to many prayers, Lord. You may not always answer them the way we expect or the way we want, but we know that you do hear and answer our prayers and that you provide for us in, in ways, Lord, that we may not always expect or see coming. But we trust, Lord, that your provision is exactly what we need. We trust that, that the, your answer to our prayers is what's best for us. And so so this morning and this week, we pause and thank you, and, and we do give you the glory for the many great things and wonderful things you have done, Lord, in our lives, in this church, in this community, and in this world. Uh, Lord, there's much to be thankful for if we were to just take the time to pause and to think about it. So we thank you and praise you for, for all of those things. And, and pray, Lord, knowing, knowing that you've acted and, and worked in the past, and that you will be faithful to continue to work in the future. We ask that you would be with us, especially with those names that are listed in our bulletin today. And Lord, the many other concerns that, that we bring with us that may not be known to the whole church. Lord, we all have our own burdens. We all have our own, own, own things, Lord, that are going on that we need your help and your provision for. And so we pray that you would meet our needs in Christ Jesus. Lord, that you would meet them exactly Um, as we need them, not necessarily as we want them. And we trust that in all things, Lord, you will work together, um, Lord, for our good and for for your good as well. Lord, uh, and we trust that you know what's best for us and you know what it is that we need in each moment. We do remember, Lord, um, this day, those who are not able to be home with us for Thanksgiving, we we thank you for the many, many people, Lord, that are serving overseas 
and in other areas, Lord, um, our first responders and our, our hospital workers and just the many, many people who, Lord, didn't get that day off and didn't get the time to, to sit down with family like, like so many others. And so we thank you for their willingness and their sacrifice to do those things. And we pray, Lord, that, that also for those um, who experienced loss recently and, and the holidays, Lord, that, that can bring up those emotions. We, we pray that you would be a peace and comfort for them as well. And Lord, in all things that you would, that you would receive the honor and the glory. For it is through you and, and, and because of you, Lord, that we have anything to be thankful for. We pray all these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I would invite those who are helping with the offering to come forward at this time. Our special music today will be provided by the Bell Choir, and our offering is going to support Carl Lanham with Athletes in Action.
first scripture reading today comes from Psalm 115.1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Sorry. But to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Our second scripture reading today comes from Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every name shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue in knowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Sam. I invite you to remain standing and let's sing together number 556. Now thank we all our God. Father, we thank you for this day once again. We thank you for uh, all that you've done, are doing, and will do in and through our lives. And we pray now that as we open your word together, 
as we wrap up our, our series this morning on the five solas, that you would instill in us a sense of your glory and that, and that together we can worship you. We pray that you'd open up our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this morning. In Christ we pray. Amen. So one of the you know joys of being a father, and of course I'm sure uh, being a pastor kind of plays into this, is to, to to see and to hear Josephine pray. You know she's she's three, and so she's just you know getting the hang of it. But um, sometimes before meals, you know she doesn't want anything to do with it, right? She wants to just dig in and eat her food. But there's sometimes where where I always ask her, "Do you want to pray?" And she'll say yes, and she'll pause and she'll close her eyes and she likes to hold hands. And, and one day she, she, she started praying. She says, thank you for our food. Thank you for the drinks. Thank you for the cups. Thank you for the plates. Thank you for the fork. Thank you for the knife. And she just kept going and going. Finally, we're like, all right, the food's going to get cold. Like, cut it off here. But I think of that. You know, I think of, of, of especially like this childlike wonder and this awe of, of God and, and to be thankful for you know, that to, to look at the world around us and, and so many things that we normally take for granted that we just pass over, right? A three-year-old notices those things. Now, now part of me knows that she was just, you know, sometimes she does that before going to bed and she just wants to prolong that as long as possible. I get that. But, but I think at the same time, you know, there's this sense of, of wonder that children have about the world. And they don't just take things for granted like some of us more cynical adults do. Um, and, and so as I was thinking about what it means to give glory to God alone and how this, how this all fits together with what we've been talking about these last few weeks, I think we sometimes lose the wonder, right? We sometimes lose the, the joy of, of, of what all of this means, that God has revealed himself through Scripture and that that alone is our, our authority and that God has, has made himself known in that way. I mean, think about that. God, God didn't have to do that. He didn't have to provide Scripture. He didn't have to make himself known, but he did. And he made himself known ultimately through the person of Jesus Christ and what we, what we have now as our, as our Bible. God didn't have to save us through Christ. He didn't have to send his son to die on the cross for us, and yet he did, Right? And we think about, about what Christmas is mean. We're about to enter into the Christmas season and what Easter means. And sometimes we just, we just take that for granted. We've lost our sense of awe and wonder that God in the flesh came to live and to die and to rise again all for our salvation and for, for His glory. We, think of, we forget the, the, that what grace and faith means, that it's a free gift that we don't have to earn. We can do nothing and we, we never could do anything to save ourselves. It is all a free gift through what Christ has done for us. And it's simply received by faith. There's not a certain set of circumstances or, or requirements we have to meet. Simply just putting our trust in the Lord and, and committing to follow Him is what makes the difference. You know, we hear that language all the time. We talk about those realities all the time as a church, and I hope we never stop talking about them. But I think as we, as we hear about it and as we talk about it, sometimes we lose that sense of wonder. We sometimes lose that sense of awe because the that the, the truth of, of what God has done for us sometimes becomes old hat, right? But I think we need to stop, and, and Thanksgiving is a good time to do that, right? To stop and to just remind ourselves of all that God has done for us through Christ. And to, to just honor Him and to glorify Him for that. Have the same kind of sense of wonder that a child has as we ponder what God has done for us. And so glory to God alone is really kind of the culmination of of all that we've talked about these last few weeks. It all leads up to this point, and it gives us the purpose and the reason 
behind why God has done what He's done for us through Christ. It's not for our sake, but it's for His glory. All of this is done for God, through God, and by God. The last line of our call to worship from Romans chapter 11, verses 33-36 through 36 reminds us of that. It says, For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Paul is reminding us as he's, as he's praising God in this moment that all of it is for and through and by God. Right? We don't save ourselves. God has saved us through Christ. We can't earn it. God has earned it for us through Christ. And so we, can, we should then pause and, and as we re, are reminded of that, give God the glory for all that He has done. We can't claim it for ourselves because He's the one that's done all the work. If we were to look at, at the, the grand narrative of Scripture and look at the overall theme of, of what the Bible is about and what God is trying to communicate to us, what we'll see over and over again is that God is the main character in the story, right? Not us. God is the main character. At best, we make a cameo, right? God is, the, the Bible's all about God and what He has done for us. And we simply live in response to that reality. Scripture is about how, how God had made this good and perfect world and it was broken by sin. And so He did everything that was needed in order to fix what was broken. And ultimately, it will once again be, be made new when Christ comes again. And, and we see that picture of the new heavens and the new earth at the end of the book of Revelation. It's all about what God has done and it's all for His glory. So the question is, what is glory? What does it mean to give it to God, right? And that, I think, is something that's hard to pin down. It's hard to just, just you know, talk about glory. It's kind of the idea of, of beauty, right? How do you describe beauty? You just know it when you see it, right? You just know it. When the Bible talks about glory, it's, it's something that's hard to, to necessarily pin down. But, but what's most often associated with the term glory is God's presence and His majesty, where God is and, and where He's working and, and, and the way that He's working is, is glorious. It's, it's God's glory being revealed and made known. We see it throughout Scripture, often presented by, by, represented, excuse me, by cloud and fire, right? Think of Moses at Mount Sinai, right? When he went up to meet with the Lord, the entire top of the mountain was, was consumed by, by smoke and cloud and fire. And then later when the tabernacle was built, right? As, and as, as it was consecrated to the Lord, it was immediately filled with God's presence through the cloud, right? The cloud came and rested on the tabernacle. Later in Israel's history, when, when the temple was built, the permanent tabernacle in Jerusalem, when Solomon prayed, what happened? God's glory filled the temple through cloud. It was where, it was God's presence among His people. And we see even in the, later on in the life of Jesus, Think of Jesus at the Mount Transfiguration. He got to take a, a few of his disciples up, and, and, and right in their presence, he was transfigured. He was transformed, and, and we, they got to see a glimpse of his glory. And they even heard God's voice saying, "This is my Son, whom I loved. Listen to him." John chapter one verse fourteen tells us that Jesus is the representation of God's glory. It says the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Um, that word there is actually, to, to translate it really woodenly or li- very literally, would be that He tabernacled among us. It's that same word that's used to describe the building that God had provided to, to, to be the place where His presence dwelt among His people as they were traveling through the wilderness. Jesus is now that tabernacle. He is God's presence and glory among His people. We were reminded already this morning that as we celebrate Advent, we're celebrating Emmanuel, God with us. Right? That is, that is what Jesus represents for us. He is God in the flesh, God dwelling among us. And as we look at Him, we, have, we look at the Father. And so that's what it means. That's what glory is all about. It's, it's God's work. It's His presence and it's His majesty revealed to us among His people. And so what does it mean to give Him the glory? So if that's what glory is, what does it mean to then give it to Him? Well, the first thing we need to know is that, that when we give God glory, we're not giving Him something that He's lacking. Right? When we glorify God and when we honor Him, it's not that He was missing something, right? And we're filling this hole in, in God's presence or His, His heart, right? God is already glorious, right? God is, is already sufficiently glorious. When we, when we honor Him and, and give Him that honor and respect and glory, we're not giving Him something that He is lacking. God would not be devoid of glory if we don't give it to Him. And He's not dependent upon us to glorify Him. Psalm chapter 50 verses 9 through 12 remind us that just, just, you know, it's the same idea with, with the sacrifices that, that God prescribed in the Old Testament. It's not that He was hungry and in need of food, right? That, that He asked us, He asked the people of Israel to offer those sacrifices. Um, he was in no need of those things. It says, once again in Psalm chapter 50 verses 9 through 12, God is speaking. He says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal in the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. God is reminding the people that He created it all, right? We're not giving anything back to God, right? We're not, we're not giving Him something that He doesn't already own and have when, when we make sacrifices like that as prescribed in the Old Testament, right? That's, that's not the point of the sacrifices, in the same way, I think, when we give glory to God, when we honor Him and give Him the respect that He deserves, we're not giving Him something that's not already His. We're just responding to and giving back to God and, and acknowledging the reality of God's glory already. The triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existed together in glory before time began. Right? God was glorious before there was ever a creation to there was ever people to honor Him and, and glorify Him. God is glorious from, from the beginning of time, before time even began. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, uh, in the book The Problem of Pain, writes this. He says, A man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship Him than a lunatic can put out the sun by scribbling the word darkness on the walls of his cell. We can't take away from God's glory. We can't add to God's glory. It's already there. And God is glorious and, and He's just making Himself known. He's revealing that glory to us. And so, so to give Him glory then is to acknowledge that He is glorious. To acknowledge His majesty. To acknowledge all that He has done in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
to give credit where credit is due. As we've been talking about these last several weeks, salvation is completely God's work from beginning to end. And so realizing this, we should respond as Paul does in the, in the Romans chapter 11, verses uh, 30, um, 33 through 36, which is our call to worship this morning. Paul spent the first 11 chapters of Romans describing that salvation, describing all that God had made available to us through Christ. He described that we are sinners in need of a Savior and that God has provided that Savior through Christ. And so as he wraps up this, this um, amazing discussion and, and teaching about God's salvation, he ends it with praise and acknowledging God's glory revealed to us in Christ. And so as we ponder what God has done for us through Christ, we need to respond in the same way. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 115.1, it's not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to Your name be the glory. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have. To give God glory is to acknowledge, is to recognize that we don't deserve the credit ourselves. And that goes for, for a multitude of things, but especially for salvation. Jesus has earned it for us and given it to us freely by faith. And so we need to boast in Christ and not in ourselves. We have nothing to brag about because He is the one who saved us. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 through 24 says, This is what the Lord says Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. And then Paul later on in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, writes, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So the first step in giving God glory is to recognize that it's not us who deserves the glory. To recognize that we don't deserve the credit for our own salvation. He has done the work for us. And we've, we've talked already the last several weeks unpacking what that means. And so the proper response to that then is to glorify Him and acknowledge His salvation for us. But it's it, salvation, yes, definitely, but also for life in general. And I think this is the part that we often miss. That we, we don't give glory to God for, for simply every breath, right? Every moment that we have on this earth is a gift from God. In the book of Job, chapter 12, verse 10, Job responds to his friends after all that had happened to Job, all that was taken away from him. Job was able to recognize that, that in his hand, speaking of the Lord, is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. It's in God's hand. It's under God's control. So every breath we take is a gift from God. Every moment we have on this earth is a blessing from Him. And that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And so life itself is a blessing. And we need to give God the glory for it. But some may say, listen, I work hard, right, to provide for my family. I have a job and I'm able to provide and earn, earn the money and earn the food on my table and earn the house that we live in. But who gives you the, that ability to work? Right? Who blessed you with the talent and that opportunity? Who provided you with good health in order to continue and sustain that job? We can even take it a step further. And who, who decided where you were born? Right? 
in order to have the privileges and the blessings that we have from living where we do. Right? And all of that is out of our control. All of that is simply a gift and a blessing from the Lord that, that we cannot take credit for. And so we need to remind ourselves not to be a glory thief. Not to try to steal God's glory from Him. We tend to be very self-centered creatures and our, and our pride is insidious. It often pops up in the most unexpected places. And so we need to remind ourselves that even good things can become idols if we do them for the wrong reasons. Right? We often try to take credit for, for all that we have done. We try to, try to steal that glory from God when He alone is the one who deserves it. It doesn't mean we go around life and just pretending like woe is me and, and you know and that we are unworthy of anything, right? But it's having the acknowledgement and having the understanding that that everything we have from the very air we breathe is a gift from God and living in response and thankfulness for that. And so it's not for us. The glory is not for us, but it's for God. It's to Him and His name that the glory should be given. We need to give honor where it is due. And again, for salvation, I've already mentioned it's God's work from first to last. It's for His love and His faithfulness. Words that remind us of God's covenant commitment to His people. That though we fall short, though we have sinned and fallen short of His glory, as Romans 3.23 says, that He is faithful to us and has made a way for us to be restored and brought back into relationship with Him. Salvation is completely of God from first to last. And we also know that God is Lord of the universe. All creation is under His authority. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20 is a great, it's almost a hymn it's, it's, to, to God's glory through His Son. Beginning of verse 15 of Colossians chapter 1 says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He may have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross." God has the supremacy in all things through Jesus Christ. And we see here, you know, in Him and by Him all things were created. And so creation itself glorifies God. We see that in passages like Psalm 19.1, right? Um, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of His hands. And I love this passage from Luke chapter 19. It's the, the, the um, Palm Sunday passage where Jesus is, is coming into Jerusalem and the people begin to praise Him and the religious leaders say, don't you know, like, tell Him to stop, right? Tell Him to stop praising God through, through you, right? And how wrong that is. And Jesus responds by telling them that if they remained silent, even the rocks would cry out. Right? All of creation testifies to God's grace and His majesty and His glory. And so we should respond in the same way as well. And so one day, everyone and everything will recognize it, will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we see that from, from the passage that Sam read for us from Philippians chapter 2, verses 9-11. through 11. All one day will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. All will bend that knee and confess to, that God is 
uh, and it will glorify God in that day. For some, it will be a joyous occasion. For others, it will mean judgment. But in the end, it is inescapable. All will give glory to God. And so it's better to do so willingly now than when it is too late. And so Jesus' exaltation, His life, His death, and His resurrection ultimately brings glory to God the Father. As I said before, all that Christ has done was not for our benefit, but it was for, but it was through, to glorify God, it was all done in and through Christ. We benefit for it for sure, but it was all to bring glory to God. And so what does this mean for us? What does it mean? How do we practically live out this kind of attitude? Well, first of all, we need to remember to have Thanksgiving every day. Right? It's great that we set aside a day intentionally once a year to, to pause and to give thanks. But that shouldn't be confined to just one day. Right? Giving thanks to God and giving glory to Him should be something we do each and every day, each and every moment. Right? Think about, think about if you only set aside one day all year to show love to your spouse on Valentine's Day. Right? Would that create a very loving relationship between you and your spouse? No. One day, to, one day to show them love and 364 days to just go about your business. Same idea is, is true with our thankfulness. We need to remember to give God glory and to thank Him and to praise Him each and every day, not just one time a year. In Philippians 4.4, 4, the Apostle says, To rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Always. In all circumstances, we need to give God the glory and the honor. We also need to remember to give thanksgiving in all things, right? It's easy to be thankful when things go well, but the true test of gratitude in our faith comes when, we, when the road gets rough. I loved Pastor Dennis's sermon on Wednesday night for the Thanksgiving Eve service, and many of you I know were here to, hear, were here to listen to that. But we need to remember to choose to respond with thankfulness, even during the difficult moments, because there's one thing that can never be taken away, and that's our relationship with Christ. We cannot lose what we did not earn. Right? And although we may go through hardship and things may, just like Job, everything in our life may be taken from us, the one thing that can never be taken away is that relationship with Christ. And so Habakkuk, the prophet, one of the prophets from the Old Testament, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there is no grape on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. We need to remember to give thanks in all circumstances, not just when it's easy. And finally, we need to to give glory to God means that we have Christ-centered worship. We need to remember it's not about us. What we do here on a week-to-week, on a, on a day-to-day basis is not about me. It's not about anyone that, that finds themselves up here on a regular basis. It's not even about you. It's about Christ and honoring Him and worshiping Him. John the Baptist, talking about Jesus, said, He must become greater. I must become less. And so we need to have that same kind of attitude as we gather to worship. We need to learn to say, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name 
be the glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that you alone deserve the glory for our salvation and for life itself. Lord, apart from you, we would be lost. And apart from you, we would be nothing. But we have everything to thank you for. For this breath and Lord, the opportunity to, to know you and to be, have our relationship with you restored through, through Jesus' shed blood on the cross. I pray now that we would be able to turn to you this day and every day and give you the honor and the glory that you deserve for all that you've done for us. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. Our final song is, from, is number 66 in our hymnals. Number 66, To God Be the Glory. Would you join us?
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You may go in peace.